WUSC FM and HD1 Columbia for Flynn Snyder. I'm Trey Martin. This is Hot Topics from WUSC News. In this show, we will fill you in on the most up-to-date arts, music, and entertainment news in Columbia and beyond. This week, we're recapping Houdini Fest, the socially distanced music festival that took place in Columbia this past weekend. We'll also take a look back at some of the highlights of this year's MTV Video Music Awards and see just how an award show was able to still go on in the age of coronavirus and how recent social movements impacted the speeches. And we'll sit down with a prominent figure in Columbia's art scene who is using her work to bring attention to the Black Lives Matter movement. That's all coming up on Hot Topics. First, the news. Like There were tables that were set up outside and inside. So outside, I'd say they had about 12 tables that you could seat people at. Um, and people could walk around, and of course, they were outside. Inside, of course, every other like table was spaced off at the bar. Um, but it was, it was great. Um, and there was a pretty good turnout too. Uh, there were a couple times that I feel like, uh, some people might've gotten a little bit too comfortable with, yeah. you know, being out and about, um, that was more towards the end of things. Uh, but they were very quick to s- try to shut it down. You know, they, yeah. they were not looking for any trouble. Um, but I'd say it was a huge success and I think it's very promising for the future of the Columbia music scene. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, just really quick before we move on to topics here, um, Trace, I didn't want to talk about this too much, but I do have to give a shout out to my co-host for playing guitar in the uh, in one of the sets out there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I, I my band, Daughter Ego, was actually one of the opening acts there. Um, and so I thought it was cool because there were some different artists. And as I said, it was more of the underground Columbia music scene. So there were a lot of people there who have been making music for a long time, but this was like their second or third time ever playing live. Wow. Uh, but they all sounded great. So there was a good mix of you had bands, then you might have had a hip-hop act. So it wasn't like you just had the same genre or the same style band after band. Right. It was always something a little bit different. And I feel like I, I was just wondering, you know, if it wasn't for COVID, I feel like there would have been a huge turnout. And also, you know, it was like 100. It literally was, it was 100 really degrees. It was really on hot Sunday on Sunday outside, but a lot of people stuck around. So I think that shows you that they were enjoying it. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a really big success and a really cool opportunity for these bands to get out there, especially, you know, in this time. And I think it like the feeling is mutual between bands and audiences is like they both need music right now, you know, so definitely really cool. Um, but we're going to switch up topics a little bit and talk about another music uh, event that happened socially distanced this past week and a little bit on a bigger scale, though, the MTV Video Music. Music Awards, aka the VMAs, uh, capped off uh, this past Sunday, and uh, definitely a lot of people were watching to see how they were going to pull this off because they were talking about, you know, there's still going to be live performances, and uh, it was really cool. A lot of the artists, um, you had. Lady Gaga, The Weeknd, a lot of these big names in music performing from these outdoor venues across New York City. It was very cool. I don't know if you had a chance to check it out or not. Yes, I did check out some things. And, you know, last week we talked about NPR, Tiny Desk Concerts, and how uh, some artists were doing them from home. I know recently not only did Tame Impala do one, I know Billie Eilish also put one out, and mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. So we talked about how NPR Tiny Desk is kind of like a shrunk-down version of music performances. These VMA concerts were like huge, blown-up yeah. versions Over the top. of like socially distanced performance. Like The weekend was on a 
skyscraper or something and like there were all these crazy camera angles and, and the helicopter flying yes, over you know yeah. and, but the thing is is that like when you are the weekend that is his style he's very urban yeah you know he he's very luxurious and yeah so being on top of that skyscraper kind of on top of the world with the lights and the playing blinding lights you yeah know, it, it was a very good setup for him and i think a lot of the artists you know they they don't often get a chance these award shows are a chance for them to showcase their live shows and you know those live shows are how they make most of their money right so or really and, just, and a huge part in promoting their music yes yeah, so it's just a really good opportunity for them to say like hey this is kind of a taste of what you're going to get at my concert right so you know the bigger you can go the better and right. we see that at so many award shows yeah just a couple of things you want to hit off really quick um speaking of the weekend he won two awards one for video of the year and one for best r&b video um and he had a little bit of an interesting uh, acceptance speech both times he came up uh, to accept his award. And the only words that he said were justice for Jacob Blake and Breonna Taylor both times. So not only it was interesting, not only were we seeing kind of the impacts of coronavirus, but we were also seeing the impacts on a lot of the social justice movements happening at the time as well. Yes. And you see uh, this also happening like in the NBA and professional sports. Right. And it's uh, really no question how much of an influence these people have mm -hmm. on people who watch them. So the fact that so many of these prominent figures in entertainment and in sports are staying consistent on this issue and they're all kind of doing the same thing. Uh, it might not be obvious now, but I think, you know, it's really resonating with a lot of people who are watching these things. You know, they might, they might hear it for, they might be there for entertainment purposes, but they see their favorite entertainers promoting that. And so they know to care about it as well. Absolutely. Um, you know, obviously, though, coronavirus was still kind of overshadowed all, the whole event. Obviously, the VMAs having to be pulled off in a way that they've never been done before. And somebody, one artist who was a very big winner of the night, actually uh, made a big stance on her opinion about masks and what people should be doing about them was Lady Gaga, who encouraged people to mask up in ways that only Lady Gaga herself can. Um, I, she won a bunch of awards so she was up on stage probably four or five times throughout the night they gave her a nine minute time slot for a medley of her songs in which she wore a mask the whole time but it, I, it was really interesting because you know her whole message of the performance was to mask up and you know do the right thing wear a mask in public um but she did that only in the way lady gaga can she had these crazy like really intricately designed masks that went with her her outfits and costumes she was wearing i don't know if you saw any of those but i was i, I just couldn't take my eyes off the mask she was wearing it was crazy yes lady gaga this might be biased in me saying this but like she just fascinates me whenever yeah. she performs oh yeah uh, to a level you know kind of symbolic of like a, a david bowie or a freddie freddie mercury or somebody who just goes up on stage and you you want to look at them you want to watch them you want to you know be involved in what they're doing um and i mean we've seen that throughout her entire career and not only that she always um makes all these awesome fashion statements but her music backs it up as well absolutely yeah so those are uh, definitely two big winners of the night lady gaga and the weekend i think they did a great job pulling it off this year uh, i know everybody was kind of curious as to how that was going to go but i thought they did great yes everybody's adapting and uh 
we're seeing why so many of these people, you know, are making the money that they're making because, you know, it, it, it really is a difficult time, but, but we're all just trying to adapt and it, it's really fun to see yeah. all these people taking a lot of different approaches. Absolutely. Um, well, yeah, we are going to take a break right now, but coming up, we are going to be joined in studio by uh, an prominent local Columbia artist by the name of Aisha Charles. She was recently a part of an installation at Richland Library that um, had a Black Lives Matter inspired pieces. So we're going to be talking to her about her artwork around the community and kind of what she hopes the public will take away from it. But stay tuned. You're listening to Hot Topics on WUSC-FM and HD1 Columbia. We'll be right back. Global warming is here. The effects may seem slight now, but in a few decades, they could be massive. Heat waves, floods, and food shortages. What can we do? We can join together because when many unite as one, we can achieve anything. Together, we're powerful. Find out how we can still reduce greenhouse gas pollution. Go to fightglobalwarming.com. Brought to you by Environmental Defense, the Robertson Foundation, and the Ad Council. And welcome back to Hot Topics here on WUSC News. Uh, I'm Flint Snyder, joined by Trey Martin. And uh, just this past week, Trey, Richland Library partnered with One Columbia uh, for Arts and Culture, which is a nonprofit in the community that really advocates for the United Arts and History communities. And so One Columbia and Richland Library partnered up to install two Black Lives Matter-inspired pieces of art at their main location on Assembly Street. Um, I believe those two pieces are in the library's plaza, right along Washington Street there. Um, and two local artists' work were featured in the new installation, and we are happy to have one of them joining us right now to talk about her involvement in the project. Aja Charles joining us now. Aja, are you there? Yes, I am here. Hi, Aja. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for joining us. It has been an honor, and thank you for inviting me. Of course. So tell us a little bit about the title of your work at Richland Library and describe it kind of for everyone uh, listening at home. Well, for anyone to see, the painting itself is called Leap, and... The meaning behind it is mainly just leaping, taking that risk, jumping into how society is now and just taking a stand in any way that is for you. Like, it's just this time and this day and age that we are living in at this very moment. I just want Leap to just be like, I know that we are all dealing with things and we know that it's time for us to raise our voices for a Black Lives Matter movement. And you have to take that risk to just change the narrative. And that was the whole point of the piece. And to show kids that you can do anything and having the art up there that showcases black children, I felt like it was, was full circle. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but kind of explain a little bit more about why it was important for you to be a part of this project, because I know a lot of um, artists submitted work for this uh, for this installation. So why was it important and personal for you to be a part of this? It was very important for me because as far as the Black Lives Matter movement is concerned, I see that as much as we protest, as much as we do things, um, a lot of people try to bury the issue after all of things are have settled down. 
but I feel like the Black Lives Matter movement is like a seed. You might bury it, but we're going to continue to grow and just show how beautiful the meaning behind it is. And for me to be able to have that chance to showcase my work as a visual voice, it speaks volumes in ways that somebody who just talks about the movement can't. So it was truly an honor to be reached out to create this piece for that very moment. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, Oh, go ahead, Trey. Yeah. Hi, Aisha. How are you doing? I'm doing good. And yourself? I'm doing good. So you talked about, you know, how the movement is almost like planting a seed and how it can grow. So for you, how did you decide that like murals were what you wanted to do? That was your calling? Well, I've always been a creator and uh if you can see my stuff on like any social platform, I'm always creating big, big pieces. But when people actually was like, nah, you need to put this on a greater scale, create bigger works, and not only just bigger works, having it in spaces where people can walk past and be like, whoa, this caught my eye. And not just using that to put up pretty pictures, of course, it'll be beautiful, but also having a message to where people can understand it and be like, okay, I understand. I see where you're coming from and just be overwhelmed by my art because I don't want to just create something beautiful. I want to add a soul to it. I want the story to be there so people can read that message along with the work. And having the big giant canvas of a mural just definitely helps solidify that. Yeah, and I, you know, Trey and I were talking about this earlier with the VMAs is kind of this, especially this year, activism and entertainment and arts kind of mixing and artists using their platform to get a message out. You were a part of Columbia's Million Man March this summer um, where some of your artwork was featured there. Do you feel as if your artwork and activism have mixed recently, and how so? It has. Um, as far as my art cut platform is, period, art has been... It's, my artwork is called Aisha Art because without art, there would be no me. And I've put that full circle into the Black Lives Matter movement. I wanted my art to not only be designated to Black Lives Matter, but I wanted it to breathe it. And every time I heard something that dealt with it, like George Floyd, when he passed and hearing his daughter say, my daddy changed the world, it made me, it brought me to tears because it just made me feel like in this moment, her dad has changed lives, but in such a sacrificial way that shouldn't have happened to begin with. So I had to create that piece because it just brought me in emotional into an emotional state where I just needed to showcase that and let that lead the march so people can see like it's bigger than than anything that people are saying. Like it's just fighting for equality, having people from all genres, all walks of life just coming together and saying, hey, just let it be fair for everyone. And being a part of that, I can't say there's any greater feeling than that in the world. And I've definitely enjoyed and am honored to have had the talent to be able to do that for Columbia. Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, you have been making headlines all over Columbia this summer because <laughs> not only were you a part of this latest installation at the Richland Library, but you also installed a uh, new mural in the city of Casey. Kind of tell us uh, a little bit of a background about that and uh, kind of describe the inspiration about the Casey Wonders project. The Casey Wonders project was so much fun. Now, I've lived in South Carolina most of my life, and uh, when the mayor of Casey, Ellis Parton, she reached out to me last year because I submitted a painting called Fair, featuring that same little girl's face, but scenes of the state fair in her head. She said she just couldn't get it out of her head and she wanted me to showcase her 
visualizing parts of Casey, but I've never been to Casey, so I spent months and months and months actually getting to know the residents and just locating different areas around Casey, just knowing the historical background of Casey, South Carolina, and I fell in love with it, and I just wanted the residents' voice and everything that they had told me about the history to shine within that little girl's head so that when you saw her face and how just much life she had and how much just happiness she had it was from everything that I was able to experience myself as the artist creating it because it just was it was a momentous moment for the community of Casey and when I finished I had all kind of people from the community just coming around and just saying thank you this is a memorial piece we've been waiting for this like it just was really 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 wonderful I enjoyed every moment doing that Yeah, absolutely. And it it is really cool. People should definitely check it out if they like, because it is a really wonderful mural to just look at. Every time I look at it, I find something new. And speaking of, you know, just wonderful pieces of art, you were recently involved in the Immersion Project um, that just recently started on Main Street. And Trey and I kind of talked about this a little bit last week on this show. Um, you were are a part of that. And just, I've always wondered, like, I, and I saw video, or videos and pictures of the artwork that you have there. How how does that go from like your mind to actual physical artwork? Like kind of take me through the process of your immersion exhibit and kind of putting it all together. Well, for me, when I was called to do the immersion room, he was he took me through the building um, and he asked me, so which room do you want? And that room had just caught my eye for some reason. I went home and I was like, so what do I want here? And I just thought about it and I was like, it's going to be on Main Street. And I just wanted to incorporate South Carolina in the piece. And I always go off of the emotions that I feel at that moment. And for me, being at this point in my life where all these things are happening and I'm able to just put my art everywhere all over South Carolina. I just wanted to give back to my residents. And with my room, The Sky's the Limit, it was completely about just showing how without community, there is no unity. Without community, there would be no me. And just showing that the sky's the limit on what you can do. And the lady's head, if you actually look in her hair, I did an abstract scene of Main Street, and she's looking at you saying, where will you go with what you have to offer? Because the sky's the limit. So it just was really fun to do. Definitely a challenge, but as you see, it came out beautiful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, and like we were saying last week on the show, you know, everyone needs to get out there if they like just to, you know, check it out because it is a really cool, unique art experience, in my opinion. And, you know, we, we, when we were talking uh, before the show went on, you were kind of describing some of the projects that you have coming up. Why don't you tell everyone what's in store for you? Well, I have a couple of projects coming up. I'm working on the most recent one that will be happening. I'm doing another mural Rosewood Drive. Um, I, I'll have more details on that later, but I'm doing a mural there, and I'm also doing another mural in West Columbia on a bridge. So it's six panels. It'll probably be another month before that one's done, but plenty more to come. Look at vehicles, too, because I'll be doing food trucks. Like, I have a lot coming up. There's no stopping. <laughs> That's awesome. And kind of tell the people how they can find you on socials or, you know, just anywhere. My number one spot you can find me is Instagram at Aja underscore Monet, I-J-A underscore M-O-N-E-T. And you can also follow me on Facebook at Aja, I-J-A, Charles, C-H-A-R-L-E-S. I'm on there almost every day, so you can definitely check 
throughout my performance and everything that I have coming up. Awesome. Well, Aja Charles, we have it's been a pleasure to have you with us on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. It was an honor. Thank you all for allowing me to come on here. <laughs> That's going to do it for this week's episode of Hot Topics. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday at 6 p.m. I loved it. For this week's biggest stories in art, music, and entertainment news in Columbia and beyond. Hot Topics is a production by WUSC News and Garnet Media Group and is produced by Troy Dassing and Ward Jollis. Be sure to tune in to Politically Inclined from WUSC News every Monday at 6 and headline every Friday at 6 p.m. I've been Flint And I've been Trey Martin. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And remember to keep it hot.